last week I, I gave a, a quite a powerful, challenging message, and uh, I want to give a remix. I gave a remix of the message to uh, my daughter Jessica, and, and it was a limited edition, I thought, the remix of last Sunday's message. And uh, you know the remix, the, the disco version or whatever, you know. And so but this, is, this is the remix of last Sunday's message, which I thought I could come in by another angle and uh, help you. Okay, so faith and repentance go hand in hand, we know that. And it leads to a redeemed new, say new, eternal life, a life that will bear fruit to the glory of God. I think I've got a little PowerPoint here, what is saving faith? So let's start with faith. There's a little PowerPoint, committing your life to God. That's one of the things that we've all done, is that, is that right? Committing your life to God. Second thing, believing in Jesus. Who's done that? Who's, who's done that? Praise God. And becoming obedient from the heart, which is a big, a big uh, challenge for, for everyone. Becoming obedient from the heart. Just as Marty was sharing with the offering message, with the challenge, he felt it. He felt the stirring in his spirit and God was challenging him. The spirit was challenging him to really to answer this um, challenge and to be obedient. And as he did that, something happened in his life. He walked out of here just so light, carefree, feeling great. He's given five grand to the Lord, but he's walked out knowing that he's been obedient to, the, to God. That's got to be a good day. See, and, and, and that's probably what my message is a little bit about. Believing in your heart said that. Believing the Bible to be the Word of God. Do we believe that? Get your Bibles, read it, understand it. Just get into a connect group. That's where the Word of God is being spoken to, I hope. Putting your trust in God absolutely putting your trust in God is huge uh, I know God's taken me through many lessons of trusting God especially with my unemployment going to Bible college laying my employment down uh, with my family with my marriage with our finances with health trusting God at the end of the day he wants us to trust him inviting Jesus to take his rightful place in your life that's definitely what I'm speaking about and I guess Revelations 3.20 would that be the one knocking on the door of our heart he stands and he knocks on the door of your heart he wants to come in and take residency he wants to occupy your life with his nature with, his, with everything who, the nature and who he is everything that he wants to circulate through your life and manifest through your life he's knocking at the door of your heart just like he did with Marty God was knocking on the, Jesus was knocking on the door of his heart and saying, Marty, I want to be generous on this occasion. I want you to be generous. Would you let me extend myself through you and give this radical love offering? Would you do that? Marty says, I will, Lord. He bows his knee and he gives. That's exactly what giving is. A lot of giving is about being spirit-filled. I mean, spirit-prompted. Amen? It's a great life. It's a spirit-filled life purpose-driven life this scripture 2 corinthians 5 16 let's do this so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view though we once regarded christ in this way we do no longer because they thought that you know he wasn't the savior the messiah and they regarded him in a worldly point of view there's still people that regard you in a worldly view is that right i bet dave up there there's mates up that the Gold Coast where you went three weeks ago, judging by your Facebook updates, which, was, which were badly hijacked, mate. 
and um, you, I bet you've got some mates who go, get out of here. You're just the same Dave Andrews that we've known all these years. And you what? You say you go to church, you're spirit-filled. You're a new creation. Come on, get out of here. You're the same guy. You're the same guy in the surf. You're the same guy that we love and, uh, and hate. And, you know, and so it's very hard to prove to family members also. You notice that? Very hard. I mean, for family members to get so familiar with it. You're not so. You go to church. You carry that big Bible around. You give your tithes and offerings. You talk in tongues. You speak in it. You know. But but who do you think you are, Andrew Flaxman? You big shot preaching and this. You know. And and we all get it. We all get it, especially from family. <laughs> Am I speaking to someone here? You know. But we're a new creation, and you've got to believe it. The new life has evolved in your life. And I want to prove that this morning. When we came to Christ, the Bible tells us God has provided for us a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit, a new nature, and ultimately even a new name. Hebrews 8.10. Let's run through a couple of scriptures here. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. This is Hebrews 8.10. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds. That's the word of God. And, I, and write them on their hearts, meaning write the word of God in their minds and in their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. I love that. Revelations 2.17 says about being new. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a, a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. You've got a new name. You're born again. You're a new creation. You're new. You're a new creation. How did that happen? I best better reiterate that from last week. When you were saved, you allowed God's Spirit to touch your spirit and your spirit was activated. Until you were saved by faith, by faith, your spirit was dead. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead. You were dead in your sin meaning that you were separated from God, shut off from God, meaning that your spirit was dead. But when you said, Jesus, you're Lord of my life, I believe you, I trust you, I accept you into my heart, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit touched your spirit, the big S spirit touched the small S spirit within you, and pow! Your spirit became activated and you became a three-part being almost. You're only two-part being, only body and soul, mind, will, emotions. A lot of your life was led by the power of the soul. A lot of your life was led by your emotions, your feelings, the things that you assumed in your mind, your rationale and stuff like that. Amen? The power of the soul, they would call it in the world. But when you gave your life to Jesus and were born again, you became a new creation, this new, wow, what's different about me? My spirit is alive. My spirit can know God. My spirit can worship God. What great worship this morning, guys. What awesome worship. And if you let your spirit connect with that, you know, do anything you can. I mean, David, I know, King David danced around in his, you know, his undies, but please don't do that in the house. Um, but there's got to be something that liberates you to get you out of the soul, to get you out of the soul and get your spirit. And the ladies do it easy. They just go, bang, they're in there, you know. <laughs> but the men, they're, they're, they're too cognitive, you know. They're, 
they want to build something, I don't know, and they want to saw something, I don't know. They're just too, too practical for their own good. And so it is a big day when a man begins to realize, man, I've got a spirit, I've got to let this spirit free and then begin to worship the living God. Amen? Absolutely. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is Christ, he's a new creation. In saying that, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Your feet are on the earth, but you are actually seated in heavenly places. And the thing is, is that you've got to understand, when you were saved, you were translated out of this normal life and you were, you were translated into the realm of the kingdom. Into the realm of the kingdom. Now, in the kingdom here, in the kingdom, there's mercy, there's grace, there's the Holy Spirit. There's the empowering presence of God. It's all here. I'm, I'm in it. I'm living in it as I have faith and believe in it. God is blessing me through it. I'm now in the spirit realm. I'm in the family of God. My spirit is connected to God. I'm no longer separate, secular, just basic human. I'm now a spiritual creature in Christ a new creation. Is this helping someone? My spirit is alive to God. There is something else that happens that I can help you with a little later that has a huge consequence on our life. Everything, even your intelligence, physical appearance, is now subject to change for the better. All failures, prejudices, attitudes are destined to go, to go, and a new life and hope will start to grow within you. Who feels like they're getting better since they've been saved? I mean, getting more beautiful. You know what? I think if Hollywood gets a hold of this stuff, I think if Hollywood... Yeah, I said, some people got it. But who feels they've gotten... T- you know, I really bummed out in school. But when, the, when I got saved and the Holy Spirit started to figure in my life, man, I had the Minister of Education shaking hands with me. I think it was in the early 90s when I did this unique course that it was a one-off and there was a special ceremony. And I just couldn't help but think that this was very, very funny and um, it was very humorous because I'd almost flunked out of school and now I'm standing with the Minister of Education of, of, you know, of, of the state and, and, and I'm going, God, this can only be you. He... He transforms you, even your intelligence, even your appearance. Notice how people change. They change for the better. You know, and I think if Hollywood gets a hold of this stuff, that they will, will try and bottle it and they'll even get saved. Because beauty starts on the inside. It starts on the inside and it shines forth. Now, yes, thank you. Sorry, podcast listeners. <laughs> for the interruption of the three microphones I've just tried to use and we're all faulty. Sorry about that. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says it like this, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being, say, say it again, transformed into his likeness. What's this one? We're doing a little survey. What's the best mic? This one? Here it is again, the transformation scripture. It's a continual transformation journey you're on. You didn't get saved and that's it. You are in a dilemma to be changed, to be transformed. If you're born again, you are in a dilemma to be transformed. I'm getting somewhere and I'm nearly at my little illustration. Amen. 
So listen, don't be discouraged at those things that come and stop you being transformed, those giants, whatever they are, those strongholds. Don't be, don't be discouraged because it's the same for everyone. But by the grace of God, we can overcome those things and be transformed. Don't stop on your journey. You are on a journey to change. Bit by bit, you will change if you have faith and yield to Christ Jesus and his good work in your life. If you say, God, thank you very much for salvation, but really, I don't want all the rest. I don't want the upsized. I don't want the, the, the happy meal, the upsized, you know, the, this and that. I, don't want, I just want salvation, and I want my life. I want to live my life the way I want it. I don't want to become more like you. I don't want your nature. I don't want your attitude. I don't want to do good works, and I certainly don't want to radically serve you i want to live my life but guess what it's going to prove very unsatisfactory and very unfilling do you know what i'm saying god desperately wants to transform you from glory to glory you should be changing you shouldn't be the same this week from next week increment by little increment you should be changing god should be allowed to bless your life 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into whose likeness? Into Christ Jesus' likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. It's a contention of your flesh and of your spirit to allow God to have His way with your life. There is a contention. There is a contention of the flesh. And guess what? If you don't allow that flesh to be subdued and crucified, the enemy has access into that flesh of your life. We heard last night uh, down at C3 Oxford Falls, a deliverance ministry, inner healing ministry, and he said exactly that very thing. And they're having him this morning and tonight. And he's specifically talking about being oppressed, not being possessed. A Christian cannot be possessed, but we can be oppressed. Thank you very much. And where does he oppress us? In our flesh. In our flesh. Remember that. Let's have a look at this. Proverbs 16:18. I'm nearly there to the illustration. I know you're busting to see it. Proverbs 16:18. Uh, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. James 4:7 says, "Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, meaning." Let your, let, your, let your soul be cleansed. Let your, let, your, let your heart be cleansed. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your, your hearts, you double-minded. If we can live in the context of repentance, humility, humility in, in the context of possessing a clean, wanting to possess a clean heart, the enemy will be rebuffed. The, the enemy will be resisted. If we continue to be humble, continue to be just sort of um, sensitive to the fact that, hey, listen, I've got to be obedient to God. I've got to do the right thing. But if we tolerate darkness through tolerance of sin, we leave ourselves vulnerable for oppression from the enemy, meaning willful disobedience to the word. Jesus did warn us in Luke 11:35, see to it that the light within you 
is not darkness. What does that mean? Here it is. There is a light in you. Proverbs 20, 27. The lamp of the Lord searches the spirit of a man. It searches out his inmost being. Is that up there? The light within you is your spirit. The lamp of the Lord is your spirit. And guess what? It is searching out your inmost being. Let's just have a look at this uh, in the moment. But let me just take you first to this little example of Peter, the, the apostle Peter, the disciple Peter. Luke 22, 31. I'm nearly there. Satan has asked God to sift um, Peter for what reason? Let's have a look at it. Luke 22:31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So he's going to get sorted. He's, Satan has asked God to sift Peter because Peter has got himself into compromise. Amen. Where did he do that? Let's back it up in Luke 22:24. It's the last supper and in Luke 22:24 this argument breaks out. I don't know how this breaks out in the last supper because the last supper is all about I got to go and this is what I leave with you, but somehow the you know human nature is human nature and we're wondering if Jesus goes who's going to be the big shot here you know what I mean and Peter's got the loudest mouth he's got the most you know he's, he's got the biggest uh, personality and it says here also a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest Peter had his say his pride was lifted up and oh here we go. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. James 4, 6. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. What happens, this is, now this is the bombshell right here. When you gave your life to Jesus, you became a new creation. At the, and your spirit was activated, at the seat of your spirit is God consciousness. At the seat of your soul is self-consciousness. Just remember that too. If you're too occupied with yourself, if you're too, you know, embarrassed all the time and rejected, dejected and self-abasing and, you know, you're down, that could be too much self-consciousness. But at the, at the body, at your body, at your self-conscious, I mean, at, the, at your body is your worldly conscience. So again, your spirit, there is God-conscious conscience. Now, this is a dilemma. I explained it very succinctly last week. I won't do it here, but this is basically it. That once you got saved and your spirit was activated, God's conscience was given to you. It's called the lamp Let's have a look at that scripture. Can we just go back to that and leave that scripture up, um, guys? It's in Proverbs 20, 27. The lamp of the Lord searches the spirit of a man. It searches out his inmost being. This is the best way I can say it. Can I have my, my little prop? Can I have that, please? Thank you so much. What did I say? Your spirit is activated. And at the seat of your spirit is your conscience. Your conscience is the God awareness. Your conscience knows God. Your spirit knows God, in fact. Your spirit knows God. It has awesome capacity to know God in a most 
powerful and profound way. When your spirit, now your spirit was dead, but you got saved. You got saved. You were dead. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead. Your, your spirit was dead. But when you got saved by faith, you received the regeneration. I hope this works, guys. Tim's looking at me. No, it's okay. It's okay. Tim's looking at me like he, he doesn't, he's not giving me that feeling like it's going to work. He's giving me this thing, like this expression. Like, but, and, and podcast viewers, I have a lamp. It's a lamp. And it's, it's supposed to, when I switch it on, it's going to be very bright, I hope. Don't tell the podcast viewers if it doesn't work, okay? It, okay, Julie wants to take it up further. Okay. Now, but when you got saved, God flicked. The switch. The lamp of the Lord searches the spirit of a man. Now, yeah, I love this stuff. This is the complication of life. Do you know there's actually a scripture where your conscience is, is, is permitted to accuse you or to affirm you? Where does it say that? We, we need that because that's... Where does it say that? Gee uh, whiz. Romans 2.15, since that they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. So your conscience is designed to pull you up when you're doing wrong, to pull you up when you're not obedient to God. No, there's no condemnation in Christ. No, I'm sorry, friend. When you're in Christ, when you're following Him and doing His bidding and you're agreeing with His will and doing what He wants you to do, there is no condemnation. You step out of that and the conscience is screaming at you, saying, what are you doing? Now, that spirit is very much like this light, searching out you, your heart. What are you doing? Guys, check this out. Look what he's got here. Man, man, where's all this stuff from? Man, I thought he laid this stuff down years ago. You know, check this out. This is God. This is his light. This is him. This is your conscience. This is actually the lamp of the Lord, which is your God conscience. And it's searching you out. You can know yourself if you allow this to happen. If you don't, you will live a life of duplicity. Meaning you will have one foot in God, one foot in the world. You'll be a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. But if you can allow this lamp of the Lord, your regenerated spirit, to go to your mind. Where, what's in the mind today? Oh my God, you're going you're gonna to do that on Sunday? You're not going to church? Hey, hey, look, hey, me, hey, darkness, dark thoughts. Strongholds, we're talking to you. Hey, the Word of God says, the Lord says to you, can you hear me? Can you hear something? Some people are so dull, shut down. Bible says you can grieve the Holy Ghost. Bible says that you can sear your conscience. I mean, you can shut it down. And you're not going to love. They call that cold love. You're not going to give. You're not going to worship. You're not going to save souls. You're not going to move. You're not going to forgive that loved one. And 
Here's the lamp of the Lord. It's searching you out. Check this guy out, man. He's awesome, but why is he hanging on to this stuff? Look at this stuff in his attic. Look at Let's go down here to the base. Man, what's down here, man? What's he got all this stuff for? Ah, oh, these old magazines and shoes and stuff. Come on. We can do better than this. This allows you not to be deceived. This allows you to realize your best life. If you allow this, your God conscience, the Spirit of God, the lamp of the Lord, searching. What's that agenda? What's that agenda about? Look, what's that agenda about? Let's hold the the light to it. Let's bring that into the light. Because that's in the darkness, that motive, that agenda, that thought. Let's bring that out. Bring it out. God in 1 John, 1 John uh, 1 9, it says Christ is quick to forgive. In an instant, He wants to forgive you. Bang, you let that light shine. And it's just having its beautiful effect. He's searching you out, man. You can know God. This is a challenging message, I know, man. But I'm telling you what, if you get those three points I mentioned last week, if you know who you are in Christ, that you are separated, that you're a new creation, that you're separated, now you're hooked up with God. If you understand the second point, that you need to understand forgiveness, that you can be forgiven in every situation and every day. and It's all about forgiveness. The measure you use, the measure you'll get back. The measure you use, the measure you... The third one, the third one is your clear conscience. You know what? It's worth giving five grand and walking out of the church and saying, my conscience is clear. Let's hold the lamp of God up to it. Yeah, it feels good. And you know what? You can worship God from that point. You can read your Bible. You can witness. You can stand in front of the President of the United States and say, Jesus is Lord, because you're so confident. And the devil uses the dark stuff. He uses the darkened soul and the flesh nature to retreat, to pull you back and into a place of um, unconfidence and, and just no boldness, no courage. And, and you know, it's, it's a challenging message, but you got saved and that's the truth of the matter. And the preacher doesn't have to tell you to, to get right. Your conscience will affirm you or accuse you. Now, if you continue to shut that down, now you've got yourself a problem because you've got your heart hard now. You've got your mind messed up. Now you have got condemnation. And you know what? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, brother. You get the Spirit of the, you get the, Spirit of the Lord in your mind. You get the Spirit of the Lord in your mind. Let's bring the Spirit in the mind, man. There's freedom, man. Let's bring it in. Whoa, let's party in here, man. And you bring it in the soul. Soul, what do you reckon about this? Let's, yeah, yeah, let's celebrate. No, don't bring that light to me. No, 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 no. It's all about where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Let's all stand. God bless you. Thanks for hearing me out. It's a challenging message, I know. God provides everyone with a spirit that can evaluate actions and motives. The spiritual nature includes the capacity to know and please God. It serves as the functioning conscience. Searching makes it possible for people to know themselves. If one's spiritual life is functioning properly,
that is yielded to God through salvation and controlled by his word, Hebrews 4.12, and that and there should be increasingly less self-deception or indifference to righteousness. And the saints say, Amen. Remix. Hope it goes out. Hope it sells well. I don't know if it will. It's a challenging message. Father, we stand before you. Let's just close our eyes. Father God, I take this on the chin. Cop it sweet. That God, you gave me a God conscience. Even accusing me at times, but affirming me. Encouraging me, strengthening me and blessing me and saying, you're on the right track. You're doing well. Let's hear that voice and let's do something about the other voice by changing our actions and dealing with the disobedience. We pray that, believe that, and thank God for that. Let's just worship for a little while. Let's just worship if we can. Let's just do that. Just